You're listening to So What Has Changed, a Mitzi Jane Media production. Here we explore local perspectives on a global shift by talking to people from different walks of life to help us better understand the future of business as we know it. Here's your host, Mitzi Aker. Hello, welcome to So What Has Changed. Today, my guest is Sarah Stahl. She is a marketing expert and just recently released her first book, Made to Market. We're going to have her talk a little bit about the book, but mostly we want her to talk about today what has changed. So first of all, Sarah, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. A little bit about me. I am an entrepreneur to my core. I was the girl when I was growing up, I was dreaming of owning my own bed and breakfast before I was thinking about getting married or having a family or anything like that. So I joined the military at 18. My life, I feel like has been lived in reverse a little bit. And I dove into business shortly after getting out of the military. And I've always been a business owner. So a lot of practitioner time goes behind that. In that process of developing two different businesses, and now I'm on my third and fourth, marketing is a big part of that. I was trying to learn how to be a better business owner and how to grow my business better. And in that, I found out I need to be a really good marketer. So I shifted about almost 10 years ago into the marketing scope or field of things just to try to be better. And um, one of the first things that happened was somebody picked me up as a marketing contractor in 2013 to manage their social media presence. In 2013, that was kind of a risk to hire a contract marketer to figure out how to do that. And so the first thing the CEO asked me was, well, what's the return on our investment going to be? And good thing it was over the phone. Like we didn't have Zoom then. (laughs) And I live everything in my face. And so good thing he couldn't see me. And I was like, oh my goodness, because he was about to spend $15,000 on me when I knew he had $15,000 to spend on a radio campaign. And so the first thing I thought was there ain't no way this guy would ask the radio this, you know? So I was kind of like frustrated at first. My instinct was, if this person is going to be a customer of mine, I need to be able to answer whatever questions that they have. So I immediately set out to determine, okay, well, I can figure out the ROI of social media. There wasn't a single marketing expert that could answer that question in 2013. So I was like, well, I'm as good as anybody else. So I want to figure that out. So I set out in a couple of different ways to do that. I not only did that for our business, we were building a small scale marketing agency at the time. And then I was also doing it for the clients that we had. So basically practicing, practicing, practicing. And this is also in my book, but the determination that I came to was marketing is 50% math and 50% psychology. And you'll only ever figure out the ROI of the 50% that's math. And so I feel really good about that part. The psychology of human beings is actually much more difficult than trying to figure out the ROI of social media. I love that. (laughs) I love how you figured that because 
really, and your book really talks about how we're the difference between marketing and sales. And mm-hmm. like the man who you spoke with, he's expecting you to be his salesperson online. Yes. Yes. And that's totally different. And still, there's that how much are you going to sell? What are you going to sell? Yes. Yes. And they don't realize that, yes, it's part psychology, branding, making you look great when people do want to buy your product. So it's mm-hmm. not like most people don't see it and buy instantly, especially mm-hmm. business to business, which we're mostly in. They have to get to know you mm-hmm. over years and know that you're kind of the expert in that before mm-hmm. they'll buy. And then when they buy, they're committed, they're loyal, but it takes that time. That's that trust building. So there's many sides of this, right? So coming at it from a marketing perspective, we can get frustrated why don't you see it? Why don't you get it? But I have really listened to business owners and CEOs over the year to really understand where they're coming from so that I understand where their hangups are. And I think they've just been burnt so many times because marketers tend to overpromise and underdeliver. So I tend to underpromise and overdeliver. That, that's what, what I always do. I, I listen a lot at first and then I let my work speak for itself. But one of the things that comes up a lot is marketing just is real pretty, but what, what value does marketing bring to my organization? If I were to use that same example from the very first contract that I had, one of the things I did early on is, you know, and I do the same thing all the time. I think it's just like almost an instinct for me. I always tell people like, I think business just comes really naturally to me. So not even knowing at the time, I basically figured out influencer marketing. So that was 2013. And I figured out within the first couple of weeks that the majority of the end users for this, uh, it was a tech tool for schools. It was basically setting up the infrastructure for classrooms, right? The internet and then the hardware and software. And so I learned really quickly that their end users were teachers and their teachers in Alabama at that time were spending a lot of their time on Twitter. So I spent a lot of time on Twitter, learning how they're communicating, learning what tweet chats they were participating in, what time they were, those tweet chats were going on. I was always in those tweet chats, just like watching the conversation, listening to some of the problems that they were having. So I would use those issues that were coming up, like these are real world, real time issues with teachers in 2013. And I would use it to write blogs. Um, I would use it to answer how their products um, and not always like a direct link either, but just kind of talk to their pain points and create a story around their pain points. So at the end of the six month contract, Based off of the back-end Google Analytics trackers that I put in place, I had created eight solid leads for the sales team. So they came in through my participation on social media on their behalf and then creating these benchmarks for them to fill out forms on the website and then tracking all that stuff. You know, I was able to walk away and say, you got eight leads and that might not sound like a lot, but their contracts were started at like a quarter million dollars. So I would say eight leads was pretty solid. (laughs) Sweet. Yeah, that is, that's pretty solid. That's really nice. But I wasn't selling anything and I wasn't responsible for selling anything. I would say marketers break down the trust barrier because if you're just focused on sales and if we're talking about the same tech company. They've got competitors. Now what's the difference between you and your competitor if you don't have that 
marketing story, brand development going on on a consistent basis. So Sarah, the theme is, so what has changed? And I've got lots of marketing friends, but I really wanted to hear your perspective because you wrote a book after the paradigm shift of COVID-19. And I feel like that you were in the weeds. Not only were you doing it for your clients, doing it as part of a chamber, because you've been the marketing director for a chamber in North Alabama. So, you know, small businesses and you, you saw them go through that transition. And then also writing the book, doing the research as things were happening. I really do feel like you have some great insights. So my question to you, so what has changed in the world of marketing since the global paradigm shift? <laughs> um, goodness. Okay. So first of all, like it's still changing. I have two things to say on that. The biggest shift is what's happening with privacy and cookies, hands down. So if you are unaware of that, or you're not quite sure what I'm talking about there, you really need to research that. I actually talk about that in one of my chapters, but I am not an expert on privacy and cookies and the new Google platform that came out. I think at the beginning, it was either the end of last year, the beginning of this year. So I kind of touch on it. And then I give you about six solid people that I follow that know that very well. So I kind of say that to say I'm not the expert in that area. But every change that has happened as a marketer, I've been excited about it. What I usually what happens is like I see other marketers freaking out. I think when Facebook changed, was it three or four years ago, there was like a major algorithm shift and everyone's organic engagement dropped by like 75%. I was excited about it because to me, that meant they're hearing the customer. So businesses do not listen to customers enough. They think they know and they move and customers are actually usually at least five to 10 years ahead of most businesses. So if you listen to your customer, they'll lead you into the future. You're not listening. You'll be stuck behind the curve. So the biggest shift has been in privacy. This has come on the backs of customers not wanting to be sold to anymore. They're tired of it. I mean, we've been seeing that for years with the removal of commercials, people shifting to streaming because they don't want to watch commercial on TV. Like that was kind of the beginning of it. And that was almost 10 years ago. And here we are 10 years. Now we're trying to catch up and customers are already way ahead. So understanding the importance of privacy and the legalities that are actually happening at the legislative level, as well as in the marketplace are very, very important. So I would encourage businesses to take time to chill. There's always so much, um, hurry up and I have to fix this and I have to do this better. And We can't really produce very well as creative beings at that level of stress and frustration. And in fact, I'm actually taking time right now to lay low because I'm trying to learn all this and figure out how I'm going to stay ahead as a marketer and not worry so much about bringing a lot of business in right now because I want to make sure I'm doing it right. Businesses need to make sure that they're aware of the shift in privacy and in cookies, and then make sure they're doing it right. And I would say, make sure whoever you hire to represent your brand, doing it right and doing the same thing that you're doing, getting in there and learning the compliance, because now we're all compliance. And I would say that's kind of like the scary side of it, the good side of it. And again, businesses tend to be behind 
there has been this talk of the marketplace is going one-to-one. I've heard that for three to five years. The marketplace is going one-to-one. What does that mean? I've been asking, what does that look like? You know, and a lot of times you'll hear CEOs say, well, we can't scale that. And so they tend to just, no, I don't want to talk about that. The compliances that are being put in place right now, and then using the machine learning and artificial marketing tools that are coming on board right now, figuring out how to use those actually allows you to scale one-to-one in a scenario where your customer wants to be there, wants to be heard from you, wants to know what it is you have to offer. Because at this point, they've opted in, right? There's this whole new opt-in process that takes place. And that's one of the things I'm hearing businesses say a lot right now. So difficult to get people to opt in because they have to get to this certain level to be able to interact with them. So marketers have got to figure that out because if you can get people opted in properly and then segment your market properly or your target audience properly using these backend artificial intelligence and and machine learning marketing tools that are available to us, that's where you're going to scale on that one-to-one. Great insights there. And it's a good thing, especially with the AI. Those AI machines can do so much more than the human brain ever thought about Mm -hmm. doing. And we want to have those safeguards so that they can't get to every single piece of our information. And I do agree with you. When there is a change, there's an opportunity for marketing people to think, okay, we've got a change. How do we pivot to make this a success for our clients and our customers. Mm -hmm. And the ones who are first to market are usually the ones who succeed. Mm -hmm. It's hard to like build up that proven success. That's really what's important is can you build that proven success in the marketplace? And then that's how you're able to showcase what you're capable of, but you got to practice it. I know COVID has caused so many scary scenarios for so many businesses and my heart really hurts for them. But we're in a major world economic shift. Let's look outside of our community for a little bit. You know, we're in this major shift. And if you want to continue to be around for the next generation, you've got to take a step back and assess what's going on and then figure out where you need to be as a business moving forward. Oftentimes, smaller businesses, they're very reactionary. They don't think into the future. That's vital more than ever right now. And wouldn't you say for small businesses too, by the time they're doing what's trendy, it's too late for them because they're going to be paying top dollar and then they're going to lose out on Google and Facebook ads to people that can pay top dollar. For small businesses, I always encourage them to focus on organic engagement. So personally, it's a personal challenge of mine to increase organic engagement without increasing ad spend. It's possible. When I was with the chamber, we averaged between 40 and 60% organic engagement, regardless of our fan numbers going up. So fan numbers go up, usually you start to see that number come down. We maintain 40 to 60% while our page was growing. So again, That's back to, you know, years ago when Facebook made the major algorithm shift, their whole focus was storytelling. You're rewarded with organic engagement if you can keep the audience engaged with the content that you're delivering. So to businesses, I I hear say things like, 
Nobody ever sees my stuff. Guarantee, hands down, 100% of the time, if that's what they're saying, they either spent three months focused on trying to sell something and then stopped posting for a while until their next big sale. I see it all the time. And so that's not posting good content. People will see your stuff if they're engaged in who you are as a brand. They believe in what you're saying and you have become an, an industry expert to them. And now they want to they want to hear what you have to say whenever there's something new to be said. And two, when you're gaining that organic trust, they're going to find you if you yeah. disappear somewhere. They're going to look for you. <laughs> yeah. if they're used to your great content. They're going to come looking for you, yeah. even if the algorithms shift because they like your content and they'll come find you. And that's as a marketer, cool. that's the kind of stuff I get excited about because as marketers are complaining because they've gotten used to things operating a certain way. It's like, well, now I got an opportunity to operate better because I'm not going to be stuck in the old way. So what advice would you give business owners? For marketing specifically, I would say, make sure you're looking into the future with not just your marketing, but your business practices. So they all go hand in hand. They all work together and make sure you understand either your goals or your KPIs that you're working towards. So let's say you've got some organizational goals or KPIs, your marketing needs to be in alignment with those. You can't just be saying, you know, I want to increase customers by 25% and then have no ongoing tracking mechanisms in place to make sure that you're reaching those goals. So marketing allows you to put tracking mechanisms in place to ensure that you are working towards realizing those goals. So I would say thinking into the future is one. I would encourage business owners that it's okay to like slow down and operate at a snail's pace for a little while. We're all in the same boat. We're all hurting and frustrated and tired from what the world has done to us in the last 18 months. So I tend to think we're all in it together. And so why don't we give ourselves the chance to breathe and take a break and look at what's happening and where we want to go? We would love to know what you are reading or where you are getting your content these days. Reading. I'm just finishing up Brand Story by Donald Miller because specifically I tend to go towards how to be a better storyteller in marketing. He basically has a really good handle on that. And he even has some tools on his website. If you get the book, he'll actually give you like behind the scenes links and stuff that you can go on and create a login and like practice what he's talking about in the book. And he actually comes from the Hollywood world. So he understands movies and trailers and just what kind of movies sell really well and why humans respond to those stories. So that's like the psychology side of things. So I said, marketing is, you know, really difficult. So to me, the psychology side is the storytelling side. That's how we respond to things as humans. We just always have look at the Bible. That's how the Bible was written in story format so that we can relate to it. So the more we can tell stories that are relatable are the better. So Donald Miller, I'm reading him to help me with that. I'm actually reading like a CDP research journal right now as well. A company called Telium. They do a lot of marketing research on like the machine learning and AI side. Just a lot of shifts that they're seeing from their customers and their customers are like, you know, Adidas and Apple. And so they've got this better scope. So I do read 
research journals from tech companies to dive really deep into what's happened in the marketplace internationally. Give a plug for your book. Tell us <laughs> why we need to purchase the book. This is the hardest part for me. It always is. The book is definitely geared towards two very specific people. Business owners will glean from it, but it's actually written to college age marketers who are fumbling around trying to figure out how am I going to build my career and what does career marketing even look like? And then it's also geared towards employers because employers by and large don't know how to hire marketers. They tend to hire the youngest person because they see them on TikTok all the time. So they're like, oh, they get that stuff because they're on TikTok all the time. Where social media marketing, especially all marketing in general, but there is a lot of strategic development at very high levels to make sure your marketing, you know, the cutesy stuff that you see, you know, that actually derived from an intense organizational KPI, you know? And so those are the two people. And half of it, actually, it's a different marketing book because it's my story. I would say that's probably the neatest thing about it, if you care about that kind of thing, is I actually tell my story to being a fumbling marketer. Just the shenanigans that I've seen in the past years and the heartache that I've gone through, I've never really seen a marketer talk about that. Marketers, we tend to make ourselves look really good because we know how to do that. This book is very raw. I go into our transition out of the military and me just fighting for my company to stay alive. And in that process, I actually lost my best friend and business partner. She passed away very suddenly. What happened to the company and where did I pivot after that? And the jobs I tried to get when people were trying to put me in a sales box when I'm a brown marketer, you know, and what that looks like to put your foot down and say, this isn't right. I'm actually no longer at my previous position because I've put my foot down and said that this isn't right. I've lost. I always feel like I'm on like the, the losing end of doing the right thing. And so this book encourages marketers in a different kind of way because marketing crosses a lot of ethical lines. So that's another portion that's worked in there is what does it look like to be an ethical marketer when you're being pushed to operate unethically? And then what does that look like from a consumer standpoint? And how does that break down trust? And how is that hurting the industry and causing us to be confused with sales? So I really just dive into like, why is marketing a jumbled mess? And then what can we do to start reverse engineer and do better as marketers? I love that. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was great to get to visit with you today and hear about your passion. And I think we're very similar when it comes to <laughs> our marketing philosophies and how we do business. And so I can't wait. I invited Sarah down to do a conference that we had to cancel, but we will be having that and you will be coming to Birmingham, Aww. I hope, to help and be, be there as an expert. I would love bring together my marketing friends in Alabama to do a digital marketing conference and really help our small businesses. 
They can find you on your website. They can order the book from your website or go to any bookstore. Will you give us your website? Yep. The uh, website is sarahstall.com. And I actually am waiting for the audible version to be released any day now. So I'm excited Sweet. about that. I, I really appreciate your support. It's so great to speak to you in person. I look forward to being with you in person for real one day soon. Yes, that sounds yeah. great. Well, you have a great day and I will talk to you later. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us here on So What Has Changed by Mitzi Jane Media. We hope you can join us next week for another episode. If you like what you hear and you'd like to support the podcast, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a five-star review.